Hello, listeners. Your turn. So you're talking to me now? Yeah. Hi, Sean. Hello, Erica. G'day, everyone. I wonder what's happening in the big wide world today. Well, it doesn't matter, does it? Because today, we are going to make good movies. <laughs> Erica, why are we talking about making good movies? Come on. It's important that we make good movies. Last week, we were talking about filtering in the good things. We were. And... Um, our wonderful GM Marcus shared the Sadguru and he shared these stories about his top 10 tips for Radi Radi Ra. And one of the concepts people just loved and it was make good movies. He said, if we're fearful, we're making these scary movies in our mind. He said, stop making scary movies, make some good movies. He said, most of the things we worry about don't come true. So don't worry about the things that aren't going to come true. Make some good movies instead. So blow it, Erica. Well, let's make some good movies what we're here to do we've lost a lot of stuff a lot of things that we've planned have just been thrown right out the window and they just they aren't going to happen because of the whole covid thing and we're really whinging about them if anyone says i was going to go to such and such i want you to go do a little social experiment say man i had to cancel my trip to just make it up cancel my trip to mauritius <laughs> where i was going to take my hair to soak up an oil <laughs> slick and everyone would go, I was going to go to, but I was going to, and everyone's got a story about something they've not been able to do. And we're so keen to tell the story about what's gone wrong. Mm. We're not making positive movies, Erica. We, we're not, we've got to replace it. We've got to do something other than be sad about the thing that we've lost, right? Surely. Absolutely. So I thought, what can we do if we've lost? So for example, my lost travel story, Rubes and I were going to go to Japan. I've told the boys since they were old enough to understand English, whatever language, <laughs> When you turn 14, you become a man and I'm going to take you on a grand adventure into manhood. And we booked it and Reuben turned 14. <sighs> Stupid COVID. So anyway, I'm not going to have a whinge about it, but we were going to climb mountains. We were going to soak in onsens. We were going to talk about all the things about you know masculinity and manhood and caring and you know good stuff. And then <whistles> gone, gone. So instead of just being unhappy can i tell you a little story please can i make a good movie i, I want to tell you two stories about respect in japan and what it looks like because it's very very different so there is this thing that children do to adults that they love and respect which is called a kancho have you heard of a kancho no so i need to try and describe it so the listeners can understand it so if you put your hands together interlocking your fingers in a please have mercy on me kind of a way Yep, very good. And now you extend your index fingers out so that the tips are touching each other. So you've got like a powerful little pointing, jabbing weapon. That is your kuncho hands. And so Japanese kids get their hands like this. And then a kuncho is when they jam it up the anus of a person <laughs> that they like. I kid you not. I am so not letting my kids listen so to this episode. At the, at, at the end of a lesson, I would teach these kids when we lived in Japan, at the end of a lesson, like, I would be a really fun teacher, Erica. I want you to imagine for a moment me bouncing around in front of a class. Yep. At the end of the class, the kids would just be beaming with excitement. 
and they wanted to show Seanson said that they really liked him. So the first class finished and the boys, like seven boys, ran at me with their hands. I'm like, is this some kind of a Shinto prayer posture? And then bang, 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 bang. Like, oh, what are you doing? Teacher, make it stop. And the Japanese teacher's like standing over there going, Seanson said, can't you this? Like, Sean's getting loved by the children. That's how they show love and kindness. So I would... Like, how do you stop the conchos from coming? And the, one of these guys, Peter, he's from Canada, he goes, you make an example of one of them. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can do that. So at the end of the class, I'd back against the wall and they'd all say, arigato gozaimashita, which is a, like, thank you for the class. And then, bang, the boys are up and they're running toward me, your hands ready, back against the blackboard. You will not concho me. First kid gets to me. I would lift him off the ground and lower him onto the ground and say, Dame, which is in Japanese, like clear, don't do that. And I'd say, Wakata, like, do you understand me? And they go, Hi, Sean Sensei. And I'd lift him up and I'd look at all the other boys with death in my eyes so they wouldn't concho me. But occasionally you'd still get a, a sneaky concho. And here's the story. That's not even the story. That, that One day I went to the, the convenience store to buy something, like a bus ticket. I can't remember what it was. And um, there was this kid there and he was playing around. And um, he was walking around sideways in the shop. So I looked at him and I walked around sideways in front of him and I went, Kani, 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 Kani is the word for crab. So I'm like, I'm being a crab saying, crab, 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 walking around the shop sideways like an idiot. <laughs> then I, I picked up the thing I was going to buy, walked over and as I'm paying for it, I hear this, Kani, Kani, Kancho! And this kid has gone to where the hot sausages are and picked up the steel tongs, like these long don't burn me tongs, walked over behind me with the steel tongs, held it with two hands, lowered it down to the ground between my legs and yelled, Kani, Kani, Kancho! And he raises it hard and fast, bam, right between my legs. And it was like this searing hot, pain it was so bad and the shopkeeper just collapses onto the counter laughing at me as i'm grimacing like hoping to goodness it hasn't gone through my layers of clothing <laughs> so this this is how kids show respect in japan so in some parts of me i'm okay that we're not there right now but isn't that amazing Amazing! I don't. I like don't even know what to do with these stories. Yeah, you don't have to do anything because <laughs> here's the counter story. So the other end of the age spectrum, the old person. So I'm walking home from school one day after teaching these kids, and I walked along the street and toward like an after school care. This is this is a much calmer story. I've shared this in public speaking gigs, okay. and it would calmed people down. <laughs> and as I'm walking toward this after school care place. One kid sees me and he runs up to the fence and grabs it, like in Terminator 2 when the bomb's going off. I don't know that reference. No, okay. Grabs hold of the fence, shakes it and goes, Sean Sensei! And is shaking the fence and all the other kids hear it. So all these kids go, so all go to the school that I teach at. They rush to the fence. They're grabbing hold of it. Some of them are climbing to get above them. It's like a rock concert and they're at the front and they're screaming, Sean Sensei! And I'm there across the road from this... Um, childcare centre and this old lady's crossing the road toward me and she stops and she turns around with her stoop posture and she looks at those kids screaming Sean Sensei and she looks at me this young white person in this small town in Japan and she says Sensei desu ka? Are you a teacher? And I said Hi Sensei desu I'm a teacher 
and she stops and she puts her hands beside her thighs and she bows low in front of me and then stands up with this look of reverence looking into my face and then off she goes with a smile on her face and I thought, oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? That story gave me the chills. Yeah, not the Kancho story? Not so much. (laughs) So there's these two completely opposite ways of being and of interacting and I thought... What a great way. I I can't be there. So blow it. I'm going to tell stories about it and I'm going to find some joy in that. And we've shared these stories at home and we've laughed till we've cried and we've celebrated the little things. So for me, when I can't do something, I've been finding stories that I can tell that's going to bring me some joy and some sense of connection with the thing that I'm missing. What are you doing? I'm a storyteller. That's awesome. What do you do? I don't tell stories the same way you do. (laughs) <laughs> That's not a bad thing, Erica. <laughs> but I certainly try to live, I think, with the same energy and fullness that you do. Albeit, I can't really relay it quite with the same energy and <laughs> humor. <laughs> Gratitude practices? Tell me more about that. You know, just ways that I think I can maintain my awareness and presence to the moment. So without focusing on the what if, I wish, why didn't. Mm. Um, All the questions we're asking ourselves at the moment. Yeah, and it kind of gets piled on, right? Because it's so easy to pile on to those stories, which I think is where you started with this, that you know, one person shares one negative thing and somebody mm. else, people just glom onto it. But the reverse is true also. And so if instead of focusing on that negative energy like you do in terms of sharing stories, I'm trying also to refocus either the people around me or we do it at home. So around the dinner table is probably the most obvious one that comes to mind with Mm. kids. So I would actually really love if people would share their gratitude practices with us. So if any of the listeners have gratitude practice, I think, and would take the time to send an email, I think that would be awesome. How would they email us, Erica? Oh, I don't know the email address. Oh, come on. (laughs) I know you do it. Rising.listeners at gmail.com. Rising.listeners at gmail.com. Yeah. So if they could just send it there. And you know what? They would be the first person to email us. <laughs> we make the offer and people listen, but they don't email. And that's okay. People don't have to email, but yeah, gratitude practices would be great. It would be awesome. And then we can share them because I think we all benefit from that collective learning and our collective practices. But here, I'll share mine. Mm. Ready? So around the table, we now call it a list of three. So I'll say to the kids, you know, who wants to go first? Who wants to do their three things? And the three things are that we share around the table. Please share something you've learned, a kindness that you've noticed or been the beneficiary of. Mm-hmm. So what has somebody done or what have you done today that was kind? And what could you have done better? Hmm. And your kids engage with that? Oh, absolutely. They don't really have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah, great. Yeah. They actually vie for going first. Huh. It becomes another thing that they can, you know. Beat each other sure. with. Sure. Whereas we just say to our kids, which of your teachers would survive a zombie apocalypse? Which generates fantastic conversation, but is less about gratitude and more about mm. really understanding what's going on in their boy brains. <laughs> and Yeah. And one of the wonderful things that we spoke about last week, not here, but in the day where, we, where the Sadhguru shared his Ten. make positive stories yeah. thing. Um, Leah spoke about how do we make sure that we're not depleting our neurotransmitters that actually enable us to be happy and be well psychologically and things that we can do that rewire our neurochemistry and boost the dopamines and the serotonins that enable us to feel positive emotions. And gratitude is one of them. 
Betsy was also talking of this where we started discussing compassion. Mm. We had a mindfulness session, forgiveness, sure. right? So these are all ways, I guess, that we can both interact with the world, but ways that we can, I think, be kinder with ourselves. And forgiveness, right? That's a surprising one, isn't it? Mm. That if you show someone forgiveness, it actually releases these neurotransmitters inside of you that makes you feel good. I have a story. Sure. I feel nervous telling stories in front of you because you're a really good storyteller. But I'm I'll take try. my glasses off so I can't even see. So you're practically not in front of me. <laughs> that actually doesn't make me feel any better. Um, I'll put them on there. Yeah. Okay, so this story is about two monks. Mm-hmm. So there are these two monks. There's a younger monk who I believe was in training in this story. He is, and he's walking along with the senior monk in there. They come to a river, and there's a wealthy woman who has her attendants by her side, and they're looking to carry her across the river, but they're laden with packages. And so they can't figure out how to get her across. They need to put the packages down and then in order to carry her across, but there's nowhere to put the packages. And anyway, the older monk goes over and puts the woman on his back and carries her across the river and gently sets her down on the other side. And this woman is angry and berating her attendants and doesn't even acknowledge the generosity by the older monk. And he just with grace and quiet moves on. And the younger monk is walking alongside and he's seething. He doesn't like the way that this woman has treated and disrespected the senior monk. And so they walk along and in quiet for miles and hours Mm. and finally he just can't take it anymore and he turns to the the older monk and he says I don't understand why did you carry that woman across she was disrespectful and she was angry and she was being unkind to her attendants and why why did you do that and the senior monk looks at him and he says I put her down hours ago why are you still carrying her ouch (laughs) I love that (laughs) the wisdom of the Zen Buddhist monk Mm. So his neurotransmitters were just firing all happiness and the young bloke was suffering. I reflect on that story quite a bit, both now and it's one that I try to carry with me. I think that we could all benefit from the compassion, the forgiveness, it's all in there. You try to carry it with you? I put mine down hours ago. (laughs) Come on. It's a numbers game. The more jokes, the more likely one of them will be funny. You just got to sit through the hard ones. (laughs) So I think one of the things we need to do is just savour the moment. You know, there are so many opportunities every day where we can make this choice to have angst over the loss or to just savour something that's there, something that we can enjoy, something that's in front of us. So why not just dip that teaspoon into that ruby grapefruit? I had this for lunch. Oh, man, it was delicious. But these are precious moments that we can be bitter through and miss or we can soak them up. So let's tell some positive or make some positive movies. That's right. Make good movies. Good movies. Thank you. That's the wording. Good luck with your movie making, folks.